When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back into another episode of From the Pink Seat. State of Louisville Podcast Network is who brings the show to you. I am Jacob Lane alongside my co-host Matt McGavick. And uh, we've got a great show, one we've been teasing the last few days on social media, uh, but an interview that I'm extremely excited for. Yeah, today we're joined by former Louisville tight end Ian Pfeiffer. We talk a little bit about his preparation uh, for the NFL draft, what his two seasons here at Louisville have been like, and it's a good interview on deck for you guys. I'm excited. Absolutely. All right. Without further ado, let's move into it and bring Ian into the show. Joining from the Pink Seats podcast is former Louisville football tight end and now NFL draft hopeful, Ian Pfeiffer. Ian, welcome into the show. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? We are hanging in there, man. We are we are not preparing for the NFL draft on our end, so our life is probably a little <laughs> bit uh, less stressful than yours. But just kind of tell me, man, what's life been like since wrapping up the season back in, uh, in December? Yeah, uh, so after the season, I, I came back home to Bentonville, Arkansas. And uh, this is where I chose to train. Um, obviously, you know, COVID was pretty tough on everyone. So I made the decision that I wanted to be home for training and kind of be around family. Um, you know, though they, they've been the ones to get me where I am today. Um, so I just wanted to be home with them. And yeah, I've, I've, I've been here in Arkansas, uh, loving it so far. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's helped you be like, a little bit more comfortable with preparing for this whole draft process, does it not? It, it, it does. So um, I decided not to uh, go train at, at some type of facility. And, you know, I, I decided to, you know, one of my one of my best friends in high school, he's now a coach at one of the local high schools. And I've been training with him. He opens up the field house for me uh, every morning. And uh, that's how I've been doing my training. And kind of that that's that's someone who's been in my corner uh, since I was 12 years old. Um, and you know, and he, he's there for me right now. So that's, it's, it's been an awesome experience being home with him, um, my boy. And, uh, you know, to, for him to see me in this, uh, situation is, it's just good for both of us. 
Absolutely. It's great to have that guy in your corner. And uh, before we get like real deep into the current times in the NFL draft uh, preparation, whatnot, I'm curious just because like, at least recently, we haven't talked a whole lot about your time at Vanderbilt, but how much did uh, preparing for the next level play a role in your transferring from Vanderbilt to Louisville? Yeah. So uh, not, not many people know like how, how it happened. Um, you know, it's, it's even hard for me sometimes to describe because it was kind of a fluid situation. Just uh, so I, I, I played a little bit um, at guard at Vanderbilt and then had some injuries. And then, um, you know, senior year, I didn't play. I sat out uh, to recover and then ended up losing a bunch of weight. And I was like, well, I still want to play. You know, why not? Why not go try and play tight end? Um, and you know, I'm very fortunate for Coach Satterfield, Coach uh, Coach Holt, and 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 Pete Nocta, you know, to to reach out to me and bring me in. And ultimately, I, I feel like it's helped me, um, you know, playing offensive line at Vanderbilt first, and then you know I've had the training with Coach Ledford, Coach Holt, um, with with playing tight end. And ultimately, I think that gives me kind of a a leg up of you know playing offensive line as well uh, going into this draft. So that's an interesting point you make there. And I want to get back to that part of the draft, but you know, as you, you kind of talked about the weight side of things. So it, this wasn't uh, like a, I need, I'm going to lose weight to try to shed, to get to the tight end spot. This is something that just kind of happened naturally as you were recovering from injury and you go from being close to 300 to more like 250, and you're like, all right, I got to figure I can do something else here now. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, after the, after, you know, I stopped playing junior year, um, I was kind of just, just staying away because it was I had some concussions so it's not like you know a physical injury where you know it, it it prohibits me from doing anything but you know I slowly saw myself go from like 287 to like 265 and I'm like fighting to oh, keep wow. this weight on mm-hmm. and I'm like well, well now that like I don't have this like unlimited training table you know it's it's been tough so it kind of happened naturally um, and one of my roommates from Vanderbilt uh, Kyle Shermer he kind of you know had me out uh, thrown with him all the time, um, just to work his craft. And, you know, that, that added to me, uh, keeping in shape and continue to drop weight. Um, so that's where that, that idea came from, you know, Kyle one day was like, you should just go play tight end. And I was just <laughs> like, all right, sure. Let's do it. That fantastic stuff there. So let me, let me ask you this it's a two part question here. Uh, in terms of learning the position, uh, how how difficult was it for you to, you know, go from blocking and being in a mindset of just trying to destroy the person in front of you? And I know in your role at Louisville, which we'll get into, you blocked a lot. But how did you go about developing the pass catching skills? Because we see the NFL, the modern tight end is a guy like, you know, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, these guys, Kyle Pitts, obviously, right now is what everybody's talking about. Um, and I'm sure it's, it was a little bit challenging for you to learn that position. And then how did Scott Satterfield and Louisville find out you were making that move? That's something I'm really curious. How does one find out that a, a former offensive guard has decided that he wants to play tight end? Yeah. So I, I played, I played tight end kind of in youth ball, um, to start out. And then my, uh, so I kind of always had just the knowledge of, you know, basic route running and basic coverages, uh, early on. It wasn't until high school until uh, the offensive line coach said, hey, if you want to go play college ball, you know, your size, you're going you're gonna to have to play offensive line. I was like, all right, let's do it. Um, so so that's how I played offensive line. Um, and then so I, I, uh, I got a part time job in uh, undergrad 
And, you know, I'm, I'm sitting on break just in the back room and, and Pete knocked us slides in my DMS. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, Hey, Ian, are you, are you still available? I see you're in the transfer portal. I was like, yeah, um, I'm not 300 pounds though. You know, I'm 245 pounds. And he was like, Whoa. Wow. <laughs> and he's like, well, we needed offense linemen, but we also need tight ends. And I was, I was pretty taken back. Cause I was like, wow, like ACC school. Like, cause I, I had been in contact with, uh, a few smaller schools like uh, like FCS schools or UAB or something. And I didn't expect Louisville to come. And uh, it, it kind of just kicked off from there. And then, um, you know, I really have to have to thank Coach Holt, you know, because he he was looking for tight ends through the transfer market, um, you know, because there was only one guy on scholarship at the time it was uh, Jordan Davis. Um, and then they put Marshawn on. But uh, you know, he there were tons of tight ends that have played the position who were in the transfer portal and he could have taken on. But, you know, he took a leap of faith on me. Um, very fortunate for that. Absolutely. And uh, considering how much blocking you did still, even when you weighed as much as you did, uh, as much blocking as you did in Louisville scheme, did that uh, make things easier for you considering your history as an offensive lineman in the SEC? Yeah. So well, at, at Vanderbilt, we, we ran a lot of power, a lot of counter. Um, a lot of zone and at Louisville um, it was strictly zone. Um, so that's, that's something that, you know, we got really good at. I felt really comfortable doing um, because I mean, you're just, you're reaching guys or cutting guys off. You know, that's, that's pretty much the name of the game. And um, I definitely think my background uh, playing offensive line helped um, that way because, you know, <laughs> actually not many people know, but I spent a spring ball playing center Um at Vanderbilt wow. so at center you know I've I was you know lucky enough to kind of learn how to read defenses like uh learn how you know when safeties rotate what does that mean for pressures and you know I was able to apply that playing tight end you know if they're bringing this pressure what does that mean for this outside linebacker what's he going to do um you know and I, I really just think offensive line you know gave me a leg up on other tight ends and I think it still does so and just a quick follow-up to that. How crazy is it that your first three catches, and we talked about how difficult it is to transition you know, from just a purely blocking mindset to, you know, trying to develop into a modern uh, NFL-type tight end. But how crazy was it that your first three catches at Louisville were all touchdowns? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's – it's – it's I, 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 I still can't believe it. You know, sometimes when, <laughs> when I, like, see videos or pictures, you know, just the, the transformation I did and, you know, actually caught touchdowns because I, I just – you know, thought I was going to come in and, you know, goal line, short yardage, get some first downs. But, you know, the fact that I was able to score and there, there are tons of tight ends who make it to college and, and don't catch a touchdown at all, you know, and I was fortunate to catch four of them. Um, you know, I, that's, that's the thing about Louisville. I thought it was the perfect system for me to come in. You know, it's simple. Um, it's easy to learn. And uh, I, I'm, I'm just thankful that I came in such a good situation. Yeah, 2020 was one of the, the most interesting and, and I'm sure challenging football seasons and just years in life for, for everyone, but especially for college athletes. Take me back to this time last offseason. You know, it seemed at the time that you may not necessarily come back for a six for a six year that at least wasn't out there yet. So what was the offseason like for you as COVID is starting to kind of hit this pandemic is crazy. You guys are at home. What was kind of the decision making on your end of whether, you know, to play a six season or go ahead and try to go pro? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I had a lot of things going on last year, you know, it was, it was like, we'll do, 
do I want to try and, you know, go pro on just two catches and two touchdowns for seven yards? You know, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't happen much. And I was like, I could, I could try it. We'll see. But then I was like, well, maybe I want to go work. You know, I've got two great educations and some, and some internship history. I, I can get a great job and go work. Um, and then COVID hit and there was just so many unknowns, you know, guys weren't having pro days. Um, you know, pe- people were losing jobs that they once had secured and I didn't know where my situation was going to be. And coach Holt, he reached out to me one day and was like, Hey, uh, I know there's a lot of unknowns out there, but just know, you know, you have a spot here if you want it. And, you know, it took me maybe 48 hours. And I was like, yep, you know, I, I definitely feel comfortable going back. I've got something for sure. Um, and, you know, they, they were even like, you know, we, we know you're an older guy and we can count on you getting your work done. Um, just, you know, they, they, they left a lot of responsibility up to me to kind of come in when I wanted to. Um, but I, I decided, you know, I definitely wanted to come in when everyone came in, you know, I, I'm big team guy first. And uh, that's, that's what I wanted to do. So. And kind of uh, speaking about uh, COVID, obviously Louisville was, was hit relatively hard at times because of the pandemic. You, you had guys miss games. You had some miss several games. And like more often than not, uh, the Cardinals were not at full strength. And, but just for you personally, how difficult was last season? Yeah, it was, it was tough because, like you said, we were hit pretty hard. Um, there were always position groups going out, whether it had been D-line, linebackers, and sometimes some offensive linemen. And, you know, you're, you're like, well, I, I was just, you know, sitting by that guy at the locker room. I was just sitting by him at breakfast. Like, you know, it, this might – I might get popped in three days, you know, mm-hmm. and then you're, you're out for two games. Um, it, was, it was definitely stressful um, because we, we knew that we were doing the right things in our bubble. Um, but, you know, not everyone else outside of our bubble are doing the right things that, you know, can put us at risk, whether that be at our apartments, at the grocery store, you know, so it was, it was, it was definitely a tough time. Um, I, I definitely thought, you know, we, we managed it well with what, with what we had. Um, obviously we didn't get the result in the season that we wanted and everyone else wanted, but I, I guarantee, you know, they'll, they'll be back this year for sure. And just as a quick follow-up to that, because of um, having to be so versatile and whatnot, was there ever any discussion where in an extreme emergency, maybe you would have to take some reps on the offensive line considering your background? Yeah, that, that was always, that was always the thing. Um, I remember 20, 2019 when we were preparing for the bowl game, music city bowl and uh, Makai Becton, he already stated that he was going to get prepared for the draft and uh, Adonis Boone, he was out with a toe injury. I think he had turf toe or something. And I was, I would, I would take my tight end reps, you know, with the first team and then second team, I was playing left tackle. And I, wow. it was, it was, it was kind of a joke. You know, I, I traded in my, my jer- my practice jersey for an offensive lineman jersey, and you know, I was, I was having fun with it. Um, but that, that was always there. Um, you know, I remember Coach Holt always asked me. He said, "Hey, emergency situations, we might need." we might need you to go in and do something. Um, luckily it, it never came because I, I didn't take a, you know, a, a pass set at tackle and I don't know how long, um, but it was, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm always there for, for the team, whatever they needed me to do. Um, but yeah. 
tell me about, you know, a little bit more into the pandemic. Tell me about how the the coaching staff kind of kept morale up when you have so much uncertainty and you guys are going and you're playing games with no fans. And, you know, obviously games like Miami, Georgia Tech were a little bit more challenging because of the final outcome. How did they kind of balance morale and keep you guys up and ready for these games? It was it was definitely tough. Um it was it was definitely like a like it's 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 all it's all on us kind of mindset you know uh, uh, coach Mike he would always say we're all we got um, you know and and from the beginning it's it's never been about you know what the fans think or or uh, what, what other people think it's about us winning ball games um, but you know I, I won't lie to you and say that it's it wasn't all on, all all on our minds that. Well, well, shoot, if, if Malik goes out this week, are we going to win the game? You know, um, it was, it was definitely tough. And I, and I, and I think the coaches did a great job of, you know, trying to be there for us because there also, there were other things going on in Louisville at the time mm-hmm. that were very difficult on people, but the, the coaches were always there as like a resource or, or an outlet, um, for us to talk to. And, um, you know, because, because they, they were suffering the same things at home, um, but when we got into the building, you know, it was, it was like, we're all family. So it was just, just having them as a resource and someone to talk to definitely helped. You and Malik, it seemed like as the season went on, you guys really started to kind of pick up a strong rapport. Um, you know, obviously with you and Marshawn, you guys were kind of switching around and Marshawn was doing some more down the field stuff. They got some more passes to you down the field and really were trying to kind of change the way it looked, at least to us, the common eye, that it looked like you got, they were trying to get the tight ends more involved in the passing game. Um, how did that come about in terms of, you know, the offensive enhancements for you and um, the other tight ends getting more involved? And how much fun was it for you personally to evolve into a pass catching guy who gets to run an out route down the field? And I don't remember what game it was. And I know obviously the outcome was it, but Malik hits you with that down the streaker down the sideline that would have been a walk in touchdown. How much fun was that for you? Yeah, I mean, it was it was awesome. Um, you know, I, what definitely helps is, you know, Marshawn getting hurt (laughs) and he was uh he was hurt in camp and that's where it all started you know uh I always give him a hard time um because you know it was he was the reason that you know I got I got more uh more touches on offense because once he went out um they wanted to experiment with me a little bit um that was that was last year's camp and uh you know there was a time where where I was uh I was catching, you know, seven, eight balls at practice, like in team periods, like couldn't be stopped. And, uh, and, you know, I, I, I saw, I saw something on Twitter that was like, someone wanted to know what, you know, coach Brew's like funniest story. And I remember Des Fitzpatrick came up to me and he was like, he was like, you know, just hyping me up. And he was like, yeah, coach Brew in our offense was like, are you guys really going to let up? an offensive guard outplay you guys and like be the leading receiver on offense. <laughs> and I just thought that was pretty funny, you know? Um, but yeah, it was like Malik has, he's always been a great, a great character. Um, you know, me and him have always had a great uh, relationship. Um, and, and it definitely helps ha- having that, you know, who, who the guy who throws you the ball. So so you said you're uh, you're back home in Bentonville, Arkansas, uh, preparing uh, preparing training for uh, the NFL draft. What's your training regimen been like? What's your you know day to day routine? Uh, yeah, so 
So in, in the mornings, um, for, for pro day, it's, it was a little different, um, because you don't, you don't want to peak too early. Um, you don't want to train too hard, um, and maybe stress something, uh, get hurt before pro day, but sort, sort of the schedule was like, um, you know, Mondays, it was an upper body day. Um, you were an hour, hour in the weight room and then an hour out in the field, um, doing drills. And for me, that was either, uh, route drills or offensive line drills and then Tuesday was 40 prep um and I was just training my starts and getting and then also doing conditioning at the end Wednesday was lower body day and then an hour in the weight room and then an hour out in the field just continue to do drills catch balls in the jug machine uh Thursday was 5105 L drill work and then uh Friday was kind of a hybrid legs uh and upper body hour on the uh hour in the gym hour out on the turf uh, doing drills again so that was kind of my regimen for two months um you know some people do it different um some people live five days a week but I didn't want to do that I didn't want to you know get hurt or peak too early really and uh how are you feeling about your chances of landing with a team and getting opportunity to compete in training camp uh what have you heard from scouts and coaches on what they like and what you need to do to keep working on yeah so um I, uh, after I went to the, uh, college gridiron showcase in January, um, that definitely helped put my name out a little bit more, uh, before pro day. And, I've you know, I, I got, a excuse me, uh, the Indianapolis Colts, uh, they reached out, wanted to know more information, more contact information and, you know, draft day stuff. Um, and then after pro day, uh, I was approached by the chargers, lions, panthers, and uh, Cowboys, and they all came up to me and said that I, you know, I ran really good routes. You know, I, I was working hard, and they're they're really happy with my workout. Um, so I kind of see myself as a situation as, you know, who it's 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 really going to come like like you mentioned earlier. A lot of people want the Kyle Pitts type, um, Travis Kelsey, but you know, there's still a lot of teams that are in the market for you know, that third or fourth tight end on the goal line who can play special teams. And I really think I can fit that mold. Um, and I, and I, and if I go, if I don't get drafted late, um, then I, I'm, I'm really hopeful I can get a uh, sign a free agent deal. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm really pumped for that. So. Yeah. Fantastic. And for every Kyle Pitts and Travis Kelsey, there's a Lee Smith, there's a Luke Wilson. There's these Absolutely. guys that, is there, is there a guy that you kind of, I mean, obviously I know you played offensive lineman for a long time, but is there kind of a guy that you like look up to in the NFL that maybe not the average fan knows because they're not really watching the blocking tight ends? Um, you, you mentioned it, a, a guy that I, I watched every Sunday was Lee Smith. Um, hey, he'll maul somebody right out of the way on, yeah. a, on a one yard. Yep. Yeah. He's a, he's a nasty man. Yeah, I, I like watching Lee Smith. I like watching Luke Stocker. Um, th- those are guys that, you know, are, are you know, in the trenches a lot, you know, and they're, they're not getting recognized because they're not catching the ball much. They do catch the ball some, but, um, yeah, those are dudes that are just straight maulers, you know, and they're very valuable to teams. And uh, I, I think I, I can be the same type of value. Yeah, well, fantastic stuff. Ian Pfeiffer, former Louisville football tight end. We've got a couple more questions from you. From We, we, we asked Twitter, try to solicit some questions here. So I want to kind of fire these off rapid style for you. And um, we'll start with, with Presley Meyer. He asked, what, what, is, what does Ian think about Louisville's tight end group this season outside of Marshawn Ford? Boy, uh, I, I have to give my boy Isaac 
uh, shout out. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's been a guy who I've connected with early on and he just works harder than anyone I know. Um, and I, I keep, I keep nudging him to, to learn some on the ball stuff, but he, he wants to stay in the backfield. That's where he's comfortable. But I think that dude, you know, is, is going to be a phenomenal fullback uh, type body. And I, I think, you know, even though he, Marshawn gets a lot of touches, I think Isaac has a type of work ethic and, and talent to, you know, it, to be, to be a fullback in the NFL. Uh, not many people talk about it, but, you know, I, me and him have talked about it. And that's someone who I think is going to be really impressive. Um, also Francis Sherman and Des Melton are two young guys that are going to just, you know, they've gotten playing time early and as their first years on the field and to think where they're going to be in three years. Um, I have no doubt the tight end room is going to be really good. So. And this next one's uh, from Tugboat47. You talked earlier about how you feel really good about your chances to, you know, land with a team and compete in training camp and whatnot. But uh, could you see yourself maybe, you know, getting drafted or in the back end? And if so, where could you see yourself being drafted? Uh, I'm, I've, I've, I've been asked this a lot. Um, where, where do I want to be drafted? And I think the easy answer is Tampa Bay obviously <laughs> i love uh, the honesty because most people yeah. just say anywhere yeah. I'll play, you know which obviously we know there's the truth but yeah obviously yeah. you wouldn't want to go to Tampa. obviously you want to get drafted but you know playing playing with gronk and tom brady and uh learn, learning from those guys would, would just be you know a, an opportunity that you don't get often well, so. i'm sure it'd be it'd be awesome to be catching passes from the goat year one absolutely i mean who yeah. wouldn't yeah, you man, you, want that. You, you're catching those goal line touchdowns out there. And sometimes if I if I didn't see the, the Pfeiffer on the last name, I would think you're Cameron Braid. So it's a perfect, <laughs> perfect, perfect segue yeah. for you playing in Tampa, man. Yeah. All right. Next one here. This is from Kara the Explorer. She asks, what's his favorite memory outside of the stadium in Louisville? So what was your what's your kind of like one memory from the, just being in the city of Louisville that'll kind of stand with you as you go along? <sighs> hmm. Um. It's not say, Nashville. I know Louisville's not Nashville, but it. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> whew, what is my favorite memory? Um, yeah. So it was my first summer there. Um, not, not knowing many people. And like I said, you know, Isaac, uh, being, getting close with Isaac. Um, we went to uh, the Downs after dark um, okay. over at Churchill Downs. And that's just something, you know, I've, I've never even seen a horse race before. Um, you know, it was just a really cool atmosphere with the, uh, with, you know, the concerts and the food and just watching horse races. And, you know, that's, that's some, that's something you don't get anywhere else. And it was real, real special time. And it was, it was just a real great, great opportunity for me to go see that. Fantastic. All right. Last one here, Matt, go ahead. Yeah, and this final question comes from our sister podcast, the Red Chips podcast, which talks more specifically about level recruiting and whatnot. Uh, what made Satterfield's recruiting pitch to you special, and uh, what ultimately sold you on coming to the bill? Um, so it was it was a little different for me because you know I was a, I was 22 years old, um, and I'm not like an, like a 17, 18 year old kid coming out of high school. Like I don't need to see the locker room, and I don't need to see the type of gear I'm going to be getting. Um, and what really sold me was when I was sitting in my meeting with Satterfield and he was like, listen, we have, we have one, we have one tight end on scholarship and we, we do a lot of 12 and 13 personnel. And, um, he was like, I don't know where else you're looking, but I guarantee, you know, they probably have more guys on the roster, more guys are going to play. And he was like, you have an opportunity to come in and start day one. And that's all I needed to hear, you know, um, just, you know, an opportunity where, 
I'm going to be come in and be able to play right away um, was really special. And, you know, he did, it, it wasn't a lie, you know, it, it happened. Uh, you know, I came in and started against Notre Dame um, and just a real crazy experience, but, you know, he's, he's been, he's been truthful, you know, and very transparent since day one. And just and, a quick follow-up question to that. I know it's not a fan question, but I'm just curious personally, what was it like coming into Louisville and you're starting day one against Notre Dame? It's I, I I still can't even process it. Some sometimes you know um, people talk about making the move from offensive line to you know a different position. It doesn't really happen much, and you know I was able to put pieces together, um, and you know that's I'm not trying to dog Vandy or anything, but I haven't seen a crowd above twenty thousand people, um, and you know to come into Louisville and there's you know over sixty thousand people there, it was it was just unreal. And, I, you know, that's that's something, you know, you asked the question, what's my biggest memory off the field? Well, that's probably my biggest memory I'll take away in football is that first game against Notre Dame, just the atmosphere. Um, and I'm, you know, I just loved every second of it. And I, I'm sure you heard a little bit about what happened in Louisville in 2018 with the two and 10 record. And so that game, that Notre Dame game, I was in attendance and it's one of the most special games I've ever attended, even though obviously Louisville lost, but that, that first couple of minutes when Louisville was up, when you guys were up 14 to seven was something that I did not expect. And I think it really just kind of re-energized the fan base. Yeah. Um, and obviously the eight and five season really helped with that as well, but it, it is a moment I, I'll never forget, you know, somebody who's been a lifelong Louisville fan and five for former Louisville tight end, hopefully soon to be playing on an NFL roster. And we thought you'd play here for forever. We really were expecting <laughs> that seventh year, but, but we, we can't hold that against you, man. Nobody, there's very few 24, 25 year olds at the college level. So um, congrats on a career at Vandy and Louisville and best of luck with uh, your NFL draft preparation, my friend. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me. Another huge thank you to Ian Pfeiffer for joining us on From the Pink Seats. Please be sure to give us a follow, subscribe, anywhere you get your podcasts from, as well as check out our other great State of Louisville podcasts, including 3rd and Central, hosted by Matt McGavick, starting 502, hosted by Will Reddington and Presley Meyer and the Red Chips podcast. We'll catch up with you next week. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.